welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I'm not getting any younger. And with me this week is book reading advocate, Daniel Ross. books. Preaching enthusiast, Scott Reed. Increasingly. And running fanatic, Bill Cookie Calvin. Got a plate of cookies right here. The annual delivery of the Nancy Calvin cookie plate. My biggest regret for quitting the staff is not receiving a Nancy Calvin cookie plate. Uh, Daniel Wright, will you pray for us? Yeah. Daniel Wright, take us home. That was quick. Um. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for this season of Advent where we're able to just focus on the coming of your son. Um, thank you for all that, all this season entails, I pray that you would um, just use this conversation and that it would bless th- those who are listening and bless us as we continue to think on how great you are and how you, you're you a God who is with us and present and will come down to earth to be with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we get into to Would You Rather, uh, it is indeed, it's a rapid week, uh, which, you know, last time I said that was our longest episode ever, so we'll see how this goes. Um, Bill, how long has the Nancy Calvin cookie train been a tradition? I'm not sure. Around here, probably 18 years. <laughs> I, I can't remember if she did it before then or not. Well, well. Um, yeah, I will say I, I haven't had a spare moment. I haven't edited the last two shows, so I am three weeks behind. Hello, listeners. I'm sorry. Uh, Scott, get, get off, get. All right. Get. So I think we have got three podcasts before Christmas because you're gone the week before Christmas. I'm gone the week before Christmas. This week. Yep. And then today's the first, right? Yep. And then the eighth. Yep. And then the 15th. And then you're gone. Yep. That's okay. it. So I just spent the last 15 minutes coming up with as many Christmas Would You Rathers as I could. These nice. were all straight out of my brain with nice. a little bit of help from Daniel Wright on one of them. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I just cut them into three. Um, I, I had to add one more because we were at 20. So now we're at 21. So we're just going to fly through these all right. and, and see if we can do a third of them. Come up with them for nothing. Seven. That's seven. So, Daniel, would you rather only do presents under the tree or only do stockings? Presents under the tree. Max? Uh, Presents under the tree. Presents under the tree. Yeah, me too. I thought you might say stockings, Max, because your family does stockings kind of differently, don't you? We do stockings kind of differently, I guess. I'll explain what we do, which is that Christmas morning we we have stockings, and they're generally full of, like, knickknacks and candies and an iTunes gift card. Um, I don't know if that's substantially different. Well, and you wrap them, don't you? You wrap the we stuff do. In we wrap all of the that was different gifts. to me. Anyway. We wrap the gifts that are in the stockings. That's right. true. Uh, right. Just extra paper. All right. <laughs> as many trees as can die for term and Christmas. Daniel, would you rather for a Christmas drink have eggnog or hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. I'll go hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. I've never had eggnog. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Well, why not? I guess I've never been around it. Wow. Or it was full alcohol. Well, that's fair. My family puts coffee, ice cream, and eggnog. I think for Christmas, I would go with eggnog. But in general, I would go with hot chocolate. Listeners, we need hot. We need need eggnog. Send your eggnog to podcast at (laughs) bloomingdellchurch.org. Daniel, would you rather... This is specifically for receiving a gift. Next week or the week after, we'll do one for giving a gift. Hmm. For receiving a gift, would you rather it be wrapped or in a bag? Wrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrapped for sure. Wrapped. 
Yep. Wrapped. <laughs> Just like Spotify. Go on. Spotify wrapped. Explain to our listeners what Spotify wrapped is. Uh, Explain to Bill Calvin what Spotify yeah. wrapped is. Uh, so at the end of the year during Spotify, every year they like wrap up your year and give you like the top artists you've listened to, the top oh. songs you've listened to, the total like minutes, hours, and whatever. Oh, yeah. So it wraps it all up. Um, because it just dropped today. It dropped today? It dropped today. I got to get ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, as a quick aside about Spotify Wrapped, my Spotify Wrapped last year was uh, I uh, discovered the Grey Havens in a big way last year, this band that I uh, went and saw in Cleveland and then went and ran their merch table in Birmingham, Alabama two weeks ago. Um, did you really do that? I did end up doing that. <laughs> I ran it by Renee. I was like, is this crazy? And she was like, I think it's awesome. So I went overnight, flight, one night stay in a hotel room, ran the merch table, and then came on back. I forgot to tell you guys about that. Uh, it was a busy couple weeks. They better play your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but uh, I will say... Um, I heard the song uh, Shadows of the Dawn by the Grey Havens for the first time on February 15th, 2020. I heard it for the 56th time on February 5th, uh, 16th of 2020. I listened to it pretty much nonstop for like 24 straight hours. Um, so that was my Spotify wrapped where they're like, this is the song that, quote, got you through it all. And it was just that song. <laughs> What's like, the name of that song? Uh, Shadows of the Dawn. All right. By the Grey Havens. Bill, going to write it down, look it up. Hopefully not be disappointed. Hopefully not be disappointed. <laughs> He's really like, I don't know why I listen to this even once. We should sing this in church. Okay. <laughs> All right, Daniel. We got four more to get through. <laughs> Would you rather have Christmas presents under the tree before Christmas? So like in the Christmas season, they're there under the tree, or mm. they go mm. they go under the tree on Christmas Eve, and then, so they're there Christmas Day? That's a great question. Mm. They got to... I gotta see no presents and then presents. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, am notorious for trying to figure out what they are. You succeeded once. I succeeded once and failed miserably a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Which story would you rather tell? Um, the time that I failed was when uh, there's a big book that I really wanted. It's like a history of the Navy and there's a logo. Then I took a piece of like an embedded fo- uh, logo, took a piece of paper and pencil and like, like Indiana Jones, it, like Indiana Jones <laughs> to see what it was. And yeah. I thought it was the army one. And I thought my parents like messed up and got me the wrong book. And I was really disappointed <laughs> for like a couple of days. <laughs> and then Christmas came and I opened up and it's like, Oh, it's a Navy. <laughs> so, uh, What's amazing is you told me that story last year for the Christmas special of the podcast. I went home like the next day and my parents had gotten my brother, the air force one, the air force Uh, version. I was like, Oh my gosh, these, they do exist. Yeah. Hey Max. Uh, under the tree, uh, not ahead of time. I, okay. I agree with Daniel. I love those, just like the nothing and then like poof. Yeah. That's what poof. my my that's what my family does. Uh, we go and all the presents are hidden in the same spot. So we go and collect them all, put them under the tree, take like ten seconds to look at it, and then distribute them to the people. <laughs> it's a very arbitrary little process, but it's tradition. Well. Yeah, that's what we do too. Speaking as a father, I'm afraid of them getting stolen. Mm. Because our tree is pretty much surrounded by windows, and you just think, oh, golly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. These presents getting stolen. That's, yeah, a, good that's point. a good point. Yeah, definitely the same for me. Leah keeps trying to get me to put them under the tree early, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. It's got to be on Christmas Eve. Though I think the year we lived together for Christmas, we did 
under the tree. That might have been just pragmatic in, in, the, in the roach apartment. In the roach apartment. Nowhere to store them. <laughs> nowhere that was safe from the roaches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel. Would you rather have a pet reindeer or a sentient snowman friend? Oh, my gosh. Pet reindeer. I'm going to go with the snowman friend because the pet reindeer is like all the time I got this reindeer, right? If you have a pet dog. going to die in a couple months. Well, that's true. But that gives us a couple months to work out how he can live. (laughs) Plus, there's a lot of uh, of walk-in freezers at my Chick-fil-A clients. We can just... (laughs) George lives at (laughs) Chick-fil-A eating the cookies. Oh, that is funny. I'd rather have the snowman. Yeah. I think I'll go with the reindeer. Cuddlier. Split. All right, Split. Daniel, would you rather be an angel with no wings or a reindeer with a glowing red nose that everyone makes fun of you for? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd rather be a reindeer with the red nose. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, can you... An angel with no wings? Yeah. I guess an angel with no wings. Like in... Uh, what's that movie? Uh, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I'll be an angel with no wings. All right. I mean, all I lose is flight. <laughs> I'm still an angel. <laughs> an angel in that universe. Well, so. that's true. I didn't see the movie. I don't, I've seen it once. Okay. Hmm. I'd, I'd rather be the angel. Yeah, I think I'd go with the angel, too. All right. <laughs> and <laughs> last but Just not like least... <laughs> yeah, very Daniel, would you rather have a white Christmas, but it's like because of a crazy blizzard, or a freak heat wave of eighty degrees on Christmas Day? <sighs> mm, I'm gonna say white Christmas, but there was one time where there was like a a weird heat wave that came through the year I got a scooter mm. for Christmas, oh, so it was amazing. That worked out pretty well. That worked pretty, out really well. Pretty nice. I would never trade a white Christmas for anything. Mm. Two quick. Uh, stories. It only snows enough to cover the streets in Seattle like every five to ten years. Uh, so one year we had a massive snowstorm. The whole last week of school before Christmas break was canceled, which was super weird. Um, didn't do finals until we came back, which was bad for everyone. Um, <laughs> but my parents got me a sled, uh, but because of the blizzard, it didn't get to me until all the snow melted <laughs> and the trucks could get through, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, but I, that is tragic. I would say, I would say, um, I'm going to go with, uh, a freak heat wave this Christmas. I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then the next day flying to Seattle. So it would be a bummer if a blizzard kept me there for like, I couldn't go see my family. That's fair. Yeah. What about if you're like not traveling, you're just at your house. Oh, blizzard for sure. Christmas blizzard. I'd rather have the heat wave for the reasons Max just gave my It's easy for me to say. Max just gave. <laughs> <laughs> complicated name, Max. <laughs> Call me Mark. I want to be able to see my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Scott? Yeah, I think, well, this year I would definitely choose the blizzard because this is the first year in like five years I'm not flying on Christmas. Oh, yeah. So I definitely, if, if I'm not trying to go anywhere... I'd definitely choose the blizzard. Mm-hmm. So, like Daniel said, I, I love a white Christmas. Absolutely. And I'm not going outside anyway. Sure. Yeah. So. Sure. Uh, Daniel, will you give me a number between one and a thousand and one? Um, 
772. 772. This comes uh, from 1001 Things You Always Wanted to Know About the Bible But Never Thought to Ask uh, by American screen and stage actor and playwright J. Stephen Lang, known best for his performance uh, that won him a Saturn Award as a supporting actor in James Cameron's Avatar. What? This is Stephen Lang. I just looked him up on Wikipedia. I'm sure it's not a different person. Um, 700 and 72, I did run out of real facts about J. Stephen Lang. Uh, okay. Um, so that's Stephen Lang, who uh, played the military guy uh, in the movie Avatar. You know, which, the, ang- the, the angry guy? colonel who oh. has a robot that has a knife. The guy that's like the live-action version of the villain from Atlantis. Yeah, all right. I think yeah. that's about right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> comes to us from literature, theater, and movies, number 772. Uh, this is something I've never heard of, so I might have to rely on Bill here. The po- uh, Marjorie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Bill's nodding. Do you know who Marjorie Holmes is, Daniel? You're about to find out. The popular author of devotional books penned two best-selling novels based on the Gospels, two from Galilee about the young Mary and Joseph, and the sequel, three from Galilee, the young man from Nazareth, following up on Jesus' later life. That's it. That's the whole... Who the heck is Marjorie Holmes? Just what it said. (laughs) Just a Christian writer from way back when. And she also did, like, devotional books? She says so. <laughs> it's not like I'm scouring the shelves for devotional books. That's true. Bill, Bill do you do devotional books? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading one right now by Timothy Keller. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which His is on Proverbs. Is it good? Oh, yeah. I'm reading it for like the fourth time, fifth time through. Oh, shoot. Okay. What would you say is your favorite, like, if you had to suggest to the listeners, like, a good devotional book, especially, like, going into the new year? Well, that one by Timothy Keller on Proverbs... My wife likes the one Jesus Calling. Oh, sure. By Sarah Young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've not read that one, but I've never heard anybody say a discouraging word about it. I've been doing that one for uh, this year, and it's been pretty good. You read a lot of Romans 8. Uh, you read Romans 8 maybe like once a week, but overall, it's a, it's a good time. Scott? If I had to recommend one? Yeah, recommend a devotion. I, have, I don't have a ton of experience with them. The one that I have the most experience with is Charles Spurgeon's, I think it's just called like Morning and Evening. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, that's the one that I have. I've definitely read the most. I have another one. I think it's called New Morning Mercies, and I do not remember who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've only read a couple of there. I'm not super great with like keeping up with devotional books, mm-hmm. sure, um, consistently. But yeah, the Charles Spurgeon one is definitely really hmm. good. Yeah. Daniel, um, I'm also terrible with devotional books. Um, <laughs> however, Christianity Today with their latest like. Like issue for December, they sent out an Advent devotional, and I've started that, and that's been it's been pretty cool. Oh. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I also sometimes um, look at the the Book of Common Prayer mm. as like ideas of like what scripture to read or like going through it. Sure, um, here and there. Yeah, but, yeah. Now, Bill, you're a pastor and you're a veteran of several trips through the Bible. What in your words, would you say is like the advantage of doing a devotional? What's the, you know, what do you really get out of it versus being like, I'm going to read through Romans. I'm going to read through Ecclesiastes. Well, I begin with saying, don't substitute a devotional in place of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the advantage of the devotional is 
the author usually has really thought about the passage, hmm. usually has a good point or two to make about it. And that's what I get out of Timothy Keller. He's He's got ideas that, honestly, I would never think of if I lived to be a thousand. Mm-hmm. And it's because he's so good with Hebrew, for instance, mm. that he'll say, this is what this word means in Hebrew, and it has these connotations. And I think, wow, this is just awesome what he has come up with out of this passage that I wouldn't mm-hmm. come up with because I don't read Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel, you read, am I right in remembering that you read What If Jesus Was... Yeah. What is it? What's it called? What If Jesus Was Serious. Okay. And was that a devotional or was that like a book? It was... It's this weird hybrid where it's like... It's a book about the Sermon on the Mount, Hmm. but you can easily use it as devotional because Hmm. the chapters are like two pages opened up on the book. Okay. And usually what I would do is like each section is a section of the Sermon on the Mount. I just read that section and read the comments in general on that section, Um, which is really, really helpful. I used it with the junior hires um, for this past summer. I'm going through through it as well, so yeah, I'd I'd recommend re- recommend that book highly. Absolutely, nice. Um, did you ever look at uh, what if Jesus was serious about prayer? I think that is a devotional. I think it's explicitly mm-hmm. meant to be. Yeah, I owned two copies, and I gave one to somebody, and then gifted it to another. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I've yet to go through it. Well, I'm thinking about using it next year and I'm also thinking about gifting it. So I'll let you know how it goes. Cool. Cool. Uh, it's time for sermon roundup. Yeehaw! <laughs> sermon roundup. Uh, last week, Scott gave uh, the sermon for our weekend worship services. Scott, you're also giving it this week as well, right? Mm-hmm. What is, is this week on? This week's on Luke 1, 5 to 25. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the decision um, to, you know, the scripture from last week was predominantly, you know, reading a, a large section of, of early Genesis mm-hmm. um, and then connecting that, obviously, to, to John 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but where did that kind of come from? So the process was that a while ago, Months ago, Pastor David asked me to think about what I wanted to do for Advent, because um, that's usually my decision. Um, and I was trying to think of a different angle, and uh, I, I don't remember why, um, but I thought it would be kind of neat to do something about the humanity of Jesus hmm. and why that matters, and and um, you know what we what we see there, um, and so. I think that kind of connected with, um, you know, we were going through Genesis and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be neat if we, right after we finished Genesis, we go back to the beginning of Genesis in Genesis 3.15, where we see this sort of like very first inkling of, of this human person that's going to come mm-hmm. and defeat Satan and, and sin and death. Um, so I thought that would be a really neat way to start. And then as Pastor David and I were hammering out the details, uh, he told me that if I didn't mind that uh, Kristen and or he uh, would like for us to continue in parallel with um, the Sunday Kids Club through Advent, 
Um, but this past weekend, Sunday Kids Club didn't really have. I don't think they met. I don't really know. Maybe they're doing something special, but they weren't doing like a Bible story. Okay. And so this coming weekend, and then for the next two, um, we are going to be back in parallel with them. But as I was looking at those passages, it's the birth of John the Baptist's prophecy or mm-hmm. being foretold, and the birth of Jesus being foretold, and then Jesus' birth. It's like all of these, I think, still kind of ground us in that humanity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I stuck with a the theme, and then because last week was sort of this weird outlier week where we didn't have. Um, the Sunday Kids Club parallel, I decided I was just going to keep doing what I had initially thought to do. Mm. Okay. All right. I have one quick question for you. Okay. Um, and I'd like the, the the rest of the panel to weigh in as well. Um, it's sort of an offshoot of something that you, <laughs> thank you, Daniel. It's sort of an offshoot of something that you uh, talked briefly about um, when it comes to, you know, after the fall, God um, curses the serpent and he says, you know, you will strike his heel and, and he will crush your head. Um, and uh, in uh, Luke, um, when Jesus sends out the 72, um, they come back and they say, Lord, even the demons, uh, you know, listen to us when we cast them out in your name. And he says, yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Um He says, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you, Um, which I ended up reading that as part of my Sarah Young Jesus Calling devotion uh, on what I think was Monday. Um, So the next day and. Uh, and it reminded me of that passage of, uh, of, of sort of that metaphor that you drew of, you know, Jesus ultimately coming and, and defeating Satan. Um, and I guess I don't really know what question I want to ask other than to say, like, do you think those two are, are connected? Like when we see things, you know, when we see snakes show up, um, you know, uh, there's, We've talked before about the bronze snake that Moses holds up in the the wilderness. We've talked about um, the snake that bites Paul, and the villagers think he's going to die. Um, but when you know when Jesus talks about you know being able to to trample to crush the the head of a of a snake and not be harmed, um, in the context of talking about driving out demons, like you know, is that a coincidence? Are there coincidences in the Bible? Like, I don't want to read too much into things that, you know, oh, that connects to this and that connects to this. But ultimately, the Bible is like an interconnected book. Um, Bill, do you feel like you can read too much into the commonalities among books of the Bible? Well, I think it's interesting you're bringing up the part about the snake. I just read a book by Michael Heiser called The unseen world. Bruce Mankfeld put me onto this book. Mm. The snake represents Satan and and not just the Satan, but in Michael Heiser's book, this unseen realm has a whole hierarchy of godly beings and ungodly beings. Mm. And he makes a strong case for this being a group of um, demons, demigods, we could say, coming into heaven in Job chapter 1. I'd never really noticed it before. I just thought it was Satan. But it's it's almost like Satan and his choir are there. Hmm. Huh. So I, I've been more 
oblivious to all this stuff. And now that my eyes have been open to it, I perk up when you say things like that because mm. there is this interconnectedness that makes reading the Bible that much more exciting yeah. when you know to think of it in terms of there's there's layers of truth here. Mm. You get a lot out of it just reading it like you would a newspaper, but if you can read it like somebody who's really astute in literature, say Laura Schmidt, you can get even more out of it. That's what makes the Bible so amazing. Uh, Merrill Tenney from Wheaton College, he was a great professor and writer there. He said the Gospel of John is shallow enough for children to play in, deep enough for elephants to swim. Hmm. And I think the whole Bible's like that. Hmm. But there's something for everybody. Hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're not being crazy when you say that stuff about the snakes, for instance, and following that through, because there's, there's, there's a message there. I don't know what it is always, but sure. it, it's there, and maybe with time, hmm. it starts to click. Hmm. I, I don't know if this is accurate, um, but it's interesting that in the passage you just read, Max, he says, you know, you'll trample on snakes and you won't be harmed, essentially, which is a little bit different than what Genesis says, which is he crushes the head and he is harmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if this is what this is actually saying, but, you know, it could be that, you know, because Jesus paid the price for us, now we, we just, we reap the victory without having to pay the price. Yeah. Because he paid the price. Yeah. Almost part of like the new covenant situation right. of now that Jesus has come, you know, death has no sting. Right. Daniel, what did you look up? <clears throat> Hence the idea of snake handling. That's so that <laughs> did occur to me. That occurred to me last night was I was like, is that why like super charismatic churches will stereotypically like handle snakes and be like the spirit is clearly in me because I'm not getting bit. Like, is that where that comes from? It's from Mark 16. Mark. Yeah. Go on this little, well, it is, I've never seen it quite like this. Um, so Mark 16, one to eight are, are generally, yeah, that's, that's part of the canon. But after that, it gets a little bit wonky and there will usually be a little note as there is in my Bible that says the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses nine to 20. Hmm. And then here, what I've never actually seen before is that then it's in italics, which is kind of interesting. Um, But where does it say this? Look right around uh, verse 15, 16, 17. Yeah. (laughs) These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Huh. That's where the snake came And all of those from. things happen in the book of Acts. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, this is crazy. Right. Oh, Jesus. I, I think it is crazy to say, now we brought in a bag of rattlers and we're going to reach in and grab them. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Just dare them. Yeah. Uh, I, they also, according to my mother, would even drink poison. You just think, come on. Whoa. You know, you're crazy. But, but poison is an interesting thing. Did you know that at the St. Louis World's Fair, they had a marathon? <laughs> I do this know this story. a long time ago, like 1904. It was a long time ago. And, yeah. and the water stops included arsenic. Yeah. You think, are you crazy? Yeah. I mean, why, what would possess you to drink arsenic yes. during a marathon? Oh, and there's, it's, there's rat poison, too. 
one of the coaches gives his, uh, well, I gladly tell you, um, it's this guy, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what the specific name of the chemical is, but it's predominantly in rat poison, uh, and it can function as a stimulant, like it's like a supercharged mm-hmm. caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he strychnine is what it is. Mm-hmm. He gives him uh, dosages of strychnine and refuses to give him water. Um, and the guy ended up winning the marathon, uh, but he almost died. He lost like 10 <laughs> pounds. Um, and when he gets there, like they were, there's a picture of him and he's like a, he's like a, ghost like he's like a corpse like you see the picture of him when he started the race and when he ended the st louis marathon the third ever olympic marathon is one of the craziest stories i've ever heard um just think a hundred years from now they're gonna say you know way back in 2021 (laughs) they were drinking gatorade Gatorade. Daniel, what did you look up? Uh, I just turned to Revelation um, 12 and seeing if there are the connections between this idea of the dragon and the serpent. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, because a serpent looks like a legless like a, dragon. Like a tiny dragon. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know. I just yeah. sometimes it, I just... Doesn't it call him? Like, it's like the dragon, that ancient serpent or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it says, yeah. The dragon, mm. that ancient serpent. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Too, that we see that a dragon is being defeated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Revelation as well. Mm-hmm. Quick aside, Bill, why, as seriously as possible, why don't we handle snakes at Bloomingdale Church? <laughs> Given what Scott read from Mark, why don't we you know, take a bag of rattlers and challenge them to bite us? I think from the Bible, Mm -hmm. we are taught we're not to test God Mm -hmm. unless he asks us to, like he does with tithing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like he did through the prophet Isaiah speaking to Ahaz. Mm -hmm. But other than those two examples, we're not to do that. And Really, grabbing a rattlesnake for the sheer thrill of it, that smacks of tempting God. That's a whole lot different than being a missionary and you go into the jungle and you get bitten by a snake mm-hmm. because you're doing your job and you didn't see that cobra come out. Uh, that's that's where I expect the protection of God to jump in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just made me think of a story. Well, first it made me think of a story involving a king cobra, but I don't remember the exact details of that one. This is for my grandparents when they were missionaries. Right. But then that made me think of, there was a time when my grandpa went swimming in like a river or something, and he came back out, and somehow he found out that the the native people that he was with knew that there were alligators in there, or crocodiles, one of them. Sure. And he's like, well, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, because you didn't ask. <laughs> because in their culture, if you offer up that kind of information, you're culpable. Whoa. Um, so, which is very interesting. That is very um, interesting. But anyway, but he, someone, he was fine. So, <laughs> so maybe God was protecting him from the alligators. That's very interesting. Wow. Last story. Uh, one of my professors, uh, my Christian thought professor, Dr. Tooley, former drummer for Maroon 5 back before Adam huh. Levine, back before Adam Levine joined, um, before they became Maroon 5, whatever they were before then, uh, at the time was an atheist. He's swimming in a, 
What did you say Maroon 4? I said Maroon 4. And Bill, Bill was the only one that heard me. <laughs> <laughs> Burgundy 5. <laughs> Get a little more blue in there. Uh, he's swimming in a lake in like, not Tibet, but like out in like. Oh, is this the guy that was like a Buddhist? He, Yep. And he, he swims to the center of this lake and he just looks out at, at these mountains and the trees and he just says, man, this is so beautiful. Way to go. Like the universe. The universe is an amazing place. And, and uh, then he just has a panic attack in the center of this lake and he swims to the edge and he runs down the side of this mountain back to his hotel room and he gets there and he throws open the drawer and he finds a Gideon's Bible and he throws it open to shoot i think it's like romans 5 10 or something and it just says oh no yeah it's whatever it says they have worshiped the creation and not the creator and in an instant he's just like jesus christ died to save me and that's the story of how he got converted (laughs) Uh, which is freaking crazy but i love that story if you ever see Dr. Andy Tooley, ask him why Maroon 5 is his favorite band, and he'll throw an absolute fit. Uh, it's time for Topic of the Week. Topic of the Week this week is brought to you once again by the oddest book in the Bible. The letter to Philemon has been described in this very uh, sponsor segment as the oddest book in the Bible. Theologian N.T. Wright uh, has a video class that will help describe what society was like under the Romans and how different this letter is from the common practice of the time. He will help us understand how Philemon would have read it so we can apply the lessons to our own lives. The course, led by Bruce Gaylord, features video sessions by N.T. Wright and discussion. The oddest book in the Bible, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. in the Coffee House. For more information, visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash adulted uh bill that started you said it was great it's a little short on people okay it started and it's going to start again because nobody came oh by nobody i mean only laura schmidt and i came okay and it was excellent i mean this was an a plus class yeah like most of bruce's class so we don't want to have an a plus class with no one in attendance Hmm. So I feel like he's got a better shot at having people if he starts it in starts early on. January, January okay. the 9th. January 9th. Yeah. We've had, I mean, our adult ed classes are typically really well attended. Do you know, like, is it just because of the change in the schedule? Or? Yeah, we think that's got a lot to do with it. And so we're figuring that we're out. We're asking people really for their input because we have people saying, I want to go to this, but I can't. And it's because they're serving the Lord and going to worship service. Mm. Or they're serving the Lord and they're skipping a worship service to go to adult ed. And either way isn't what you're shooting for. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, For topic of the week this week, uh, last week was Thanksgiving. uh, And by the sound of it, we all had somewhat eventful Thanksgivings. Uh, And I'd like to take a minute to just hear about uh, the trips or lack thereof, just the events of the the last week. Um, Scott, where did you go for Thanksgiving? Leah and I went out to Washington State. Flew out on Monday night to visit my grandma um, and spend Thanksgiving with her. Hmm. How was it? It was really good. It was... So my grandma and her family have lived in Redmond, Washington for... Woohoo! 90 years um, or more. Um, A beautiful area. It it really is. Uh, And so her brother, like one of her brothers lives down the street from her, and one of her brothers lives like right next door. And the brother that lives right next door, uh, back in like the 70s or something, converted a school bus into like an RV, and he and his 
four and his wife and their four kids like drove all around the world, <laughs> um, all around the Americas and down to like South America and stuff, which is crazy because there were six of them and this bus is not huge. Um, <laughs> and so I mean, a number of years ago, uh, Chelsea and my younger sister Grace and I, we stayed in this bus. It was parked outside my grandma's house. Oh. Uh, and then since then, they kind of like revamped it a little bit. And now it's an Airbnb. And so we stayed in there again <laughs> because um, my aunt and uncle are staying with my grandma to help take care of her. So we were in this bus, which was an, a real adventure, um, and uh, right next door. And apparently there's a lot of bears this season. So we, even though we were right next door, we would always get in the car and drive around <laughs> instead of walking through the woods to get to our house. Oh, you're right. Because uh, we didn't feel the need to run into a bear. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, but then being with grandma was really fun. Um, haven't seen her in exactly two years because uh, we were out there for Thanksgiving of 2019. She's not doing super well physically, but her spirits seem to be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, at, I mean, at least they were good while we were there. Mm. Presence probably helped. And so we we made Thanksgiving. Lee and I made Thanksgiving dinner for her and my aunt and uncle, which was really fun because Grandma is like the consummate chef. Like she, she. She's so funny. She's got stacks literally this high of just like recipe like catalogs on mm. her on her countertop. She she can't do a lot anymore, so she spends all of her time just watching cooking shows. Oh. And, and my aunt Becca is like, yeah, she remembers when she ate seventy five years ago. And I was like, <laughs> oh yes, that sandwich in in Buffalo, New York, was so good. Like she really, she wow. just she's just like food is like she's all about food. Yeah, uh, but she can't cook as easily anymore. Can mm. can your grandmother eat a dish? that has maybe 10 items in it and be able to parse it out. I taste some cilantro. Probably. I taste, man, I just think that is so cool. Yeah. People can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to make, make Thanksgiving dinner, which was really fun, really kind of crazy because a couple of things happened. First thing that happened was that we... Um, opened up our, we were going to do a roast chicken instead of a turkey because there's only five of us. So we opened up our chicken and we discovered it wasn't a chicken, it was a turkey breast. Uh, we're like, I guess that's why it cost $30. <laughs> I thought it was just organic. <laughs> um, and so my aunt and uncle, who were already planning on going to the store, went and got us an eight pound turkey, which was perfect. And then also we were making sweet potato casserole, which we had never made before. And that was the first thing we made because we figured it'd be the easiest thing to reheat. And so popped it out of the oven, put tinfoil on it, and set it aside. We're waiting for the, the turkey to arrive because we can't do anything until that starts cooking. And so I'm like, oh, let's check on the casserole. And all of the marshmallows on the top have melted completely into the cat. They are gone. You cannot see them anymore. <laughs> you can see little divots where they used to be. And I, I don't really know why. It's really kind of bizarre that you can bake in the oven for half an hour and they're just fine. But then you put some tinfoil on it and maybe the moisture or something, something they're gone. Uh, just evaporate. <laughs> yeah. So it was a bit of an adventure, but everything turned out really good and, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I have a quick question. If you don't want to talk about it, we can cut this out. Um, but your grandmother's a, I mean, obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, but she's a believer right. um, from her time as a missionary and yes. roaming around the universe in a bus. Um, that was her brother. Oh, that was her brother. Okay. Yes. Um, how, like, have you noticed as, as she gets older, like, does she talk about her faith a lot or does she, you know, she, did did she pray while you were there at all? We prayed together. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she ever prayed specifically. It's it's an interesting 
her schedule is very unusual right now. Mm-hmm. She has some sores in her legs that take a long, long time to clean and dress every night. Um, so in part because of that, she's usually going to bed with my aunt and uncle at like two in the morning wow. or later. And then they don't wake up until like 10 or noon or something. So we were, we usually only went over there at like after she was like done with her breakfast and ready to kind of receive guests. Hmm. Um, so we were only there for kind of a fairly small window of her day. So I'm sure she, she prays regularly. Um, but, um, but it wasn't like a, a hugely, uh, significant part of our time with her. Um, yeah. Okay. But it was on that topic. Very interesting. Um, cause I was prepping my sermon and Leah, Leah thought it would be a good idea for me to give it to them, which they also were very, um, interested in. So I did, and it was really, um, kind of fascinating for me to give this sermon about Jesus in the presence of my grandma, who just kind of like knowing particularly very near the end of her life, kind of knowing like what this gospel has meant to her. Mm -hmm. And like, it was, it was kind of an emotional experience for me. Absolutely. Um, But cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, praise God. Yeah. Um, That is so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It reminds me of in the old days, meaning like the 1800s, pastors would be asked to preach a sermon on the spot at a dinner. So you're with 10 people and you, you preach a sermon. Mm-hmm. I've always been amazed by that. I was like, ah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't get the impression it was necessarily preach something, you know, surely you've got an old sermon just sitting there in your pocket, you know, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me too if pastors didn't just start carrying a sermon in their pocket knowing right. that this, this is going to happen. Yeah. Better yeah. be ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get like two lines into it, and someone's like, "You said that last week, and right, my sister's right." <laughs> well, you're, you're dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you could finish it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but they considered preaching and listening to preaching a form of entertainment. Yeah. That mm. hey, this is cool, and then over here you're gonna play the piano and sing because that that was done all the time too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a different world. They created their own entertainment, whereas we just say, "Can somebody turn that up a little louder?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Daniel, what was your uh, Thanksgiving like? <clears throat> yeah, so this is the first Thanksgiving that I've flown home. Mm. First time I've ever flown home, um, which added a little excitement to it. Yeah, going to an airport, making sure I got my boarding pass and everything. Um, but both flights were like super quick. Like nice. Right at an hour. What did you, or sorry, what day did you fly? I flew on a Tuesday night and then Saturday morning. Wow. Was Tuesday like crazy at the airport? I, I, so I left here at the church at around like 1.40 and I was at my gate sitting down by 2.20. <laughs> so it was like rapid. Okay. So your, when was your flight? Um, it was at like five something. <laughs> so you probably beat the, beat. the evening rush. Or, yeah. 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 So it went, it went fast. You had to hang out in O'Hare for a while. I did. <laughs> it was okay. I just sat on my laptop to some work. Nice. Um, 
so it was it was cool. Got so people watch a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, made sure I got some nice window seats because um, I love looking outside Aww. on the on the flight up. And when we were leaving O'Hare, I could see Lake Street. Yeah. So then I like started tracing it to see if I could find the church, and I I think I found it. I'm not sure. If, <laughs> I'm not 100 sure, but it was really cool to be able to like yeah. trace the roads and like oh, that's where I live. How could you tell it was Lake Street? Just from where it was Sign. in relation to the airport. Oh, I saw. <laughs> you got great eyesight. <laughs> I have an amazing, amazing eyesight. Um, Almost as good as your ears. Yeah, it's like Daredevil. I'm the opposite of Daredevil. <laughs> he can't see, but hears really, really, really well. Yeah. I can't hear, but I can see well. Um, um, I saw the, is that 355? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw the, like. The little like turn the, oh. off three fifty five into Lake Street. Yeah, mm. I was like, "That's Lake Street." Whoa! So that was kind of cool. That is super. Um, cool. But yeah, I was able to go home, visit some family, see people that I haven't seen in a long time, like two years, um, since I've seen some of those people on like that side of the family. Hmm. Um, yeah, I got to be with my grandpa, which was really good. Um, spent some time with him. He's going through. He just got into hospice care and like twenty four seven like. Somebody's there with him. Um, so it was good to just be there. I wasn't sure if I would be able to. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to be there and just like so that he knew that there are people who like still care for him and he's not getting kind of left behind during the holiday season. Mm. Um, so that was really that was really good. Got to um, yeah catch up with my, my brother a lot because he's new at Crown and like learning what it means to be going to a Christian college um, and like all the things that come with that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was good to talk with him, be with family and then flew back like super early in the morning on Saturday. And yeah, it was, it was fun. It was overall like a really good, hmm. good trip. And I'm glad I didn't have to, Spend eight hours each way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes it easier to have like a short short trip when you fly. It does, though. I wasn't able to listen to my podcast. Really? Yeah, because some of the podcasts I listen to, um, I've been listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill with Christianity Today, and this last episode was two hours long. Mm. And usually, oh, two hours on an eight-hour car ride. Cool, That's perfect. But I got halfway through on the flight. <laughs> I was really disappointed. <laughs> but, oh. Nice. Bill, you had an eventful Thanksgiving as always. Yes. Thanksgiving at the Calvins. A group of people and had an international flavor. Sachiho Takabataki was there, mm. but a family that considers themselves Iranian refugees was there. The lady's name is Ku. She came to the door, and I, I was just shocked. I wasn't expecting somebody this young because she has kids that are, say, like 13 and 9. Yeah. And, and then I realized, oh, you know, she might have been one of these people who had to get married when she was 16. Or, sure. Mm-hmm. So she told her story, and it really makes you thankful that you're in a Christian environment. Uh, hmm. Just they would probably ditch it for anything, you know, the religion of alligators, you know, just anything. Just get me out of this. It's horrible. Okay. Um, and in her case, it, it. This is in Iran. 
Yeah, she was, well, she was I think it's run. Muslims everywhere. You know, she, her abuse came about because of the death of her father, and then her older brother forced her into a marriage. She was already in love with somebody else, but he said, you're not marrying that person. You're going to marry this guy instead, and she didn't want to, and that guy didn't really like her, and he married somebody else because you can marry up to four people. And, um, but she was married to him and bore two children by him. And But she was a strong woman, and she wanted to get out of that environment. So she left Iran, went to Turkey, went from Turkey to the United States. Wow. She's working. Um, she taught herself English mainly through driving for Uber, yeah, just being around people, having conversations. Wow. Mm -hmm. Very impressive. I hope she'll come to church here because she'd be an asset anywhere. Mm -hmm. She's not a Christian yet, but I, I, I think she would be open to it. How'd you meet her or them or family? Somebody called the church from mm -hmm. another church and said, we were to host this family for Thanksgiving, but now somebody's got the flu can somebody at your church do it? And wow. I said, well, I'd like to do that. And yeah. so that's how mm -hmm. we came to meet. Man. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a great Thanksgiving. Absolutely. We also had Nicole and her husband, Jonathan, my dad. So we had everything, you know, from <laughs> all the way down. A little nine-year-old to a 94-year-old at the same table. <laughs> mm. Wow. Um, I, uh, I guess I'd say I I had uh, the the Bakers. Some listeners may be familiar with uh, Bill and Susie Baker, who uh, were part of this church for about a hundred years, um, <laughs> but they now live in uh, North Carolina, and uh, they came to visit, and so I got to go uh, to to the Baker family Thanksgiving at Naperville, which was a really good time. Um, they have this tradition of just like cramming no matter how many people there are, they're all in the same room. Uh, and so we had quite a few people this year. And so like mm. doing some Tetris with the tables and mm. Renee and I were like in the, in the corner, like sharing a corner of the table, but it was really fun. It was like a really cool time. And, uh, and, um, you know, just getting to, to, I really like her extended family and, uh, her cousin Alex is a, semi-professional soccer player in Madrid. He's like 19, um, but he's out there trying to make a name for himself in Madrid. And uh, we, tr he, I met him a couple months ago, tried to send him Chick-fil-A sauce because um, he loves Chick-fil-A sauce. And we we're like, we'll send you a thing of Chick-fil-A sauce. And the Spanish customs uh, said no. Um, so that didn't work. Uh, so I got, but we, it was his birthday as well. So we did like a Skype call. Customs was eating that Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was just fun to get to, to, to do all that. And her parents uh, lived with me for like 10 days. So we got to you know her dad and I did like our work remote work together and just got to hang out so it was really fun nice really good time um Scott ask Daniel a question I already did ask I asked Daniel several questions <laughs> fair enough uh <laughs> listeners if you would like to be part of the show you can send questions would you rather trivia quizzes and your Thanksgiving stories to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. I once again want to apologize. Uh, I haven't gotten Aaron's episode up. I haven't gotten uh, Chelsea and Kristen's episode up. Uh, I, I'll get this episode up when I get those two up. Um, 
We don't have a closing segment this week. We had a good Thanksgiving service. <laughs> we did have a great Thanksgiving service. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. People uh, were into it. Yeah. Really the cheering as always. I love the um the praying in, in different languages. I, I love that tradition. I think it's amazing. Um, yeah, that was really cool. Hmm. People that usually would never say anything will do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you get people who hear someone else praying in their language and then so then they, you know, pray in their language. Yeah. I think that happened a couple times and really cool stuff. I think we should No pig Latin this year. Did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody do that last year? No, but I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Daniel. Thank, Thank you, Max. Max. Bill, take us home. You have been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast, brought to you from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. I like that you close your eyes when you do it. So that I don't bust out laughing looking at somebody. <laughs> That's fair. I don't think I've ever been to a Thanksgiving service. I think the only Thanksgiving I was actually here was last year, and we didn't do one. Yeah, COVID messed us up. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, yeah, we did. We did it online, and we did it uh, Zoom. Did we? Because I think I remember that's that. That's what I remember about it, because oh. we had missionaries like... Oh, the Tobbies yeah. showed up. Oh, right. The, yeah. the bankers came from North Carolina. I remember that. It was that. really neat. Joel Remeshire came from Florida. Uh huh. Yeah. Nice. I sent a picture. Yeah. I also have realized I was like talking to people about Bill's Thanksgiving dinner, and I don't think I've ever been to Bill's house. Really? Yeah. Well, we got to fix that. <laughs> to Bill's house? <laughs> Didn't we go for Thanksgiving dinner? We went for Easter. Easter. I don't think we went mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. And that was when Nita said she couldn't imagine me weighing any more than I presently did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I used to be <laughs> like, so I was like, yeah, I've lost like 20 pounds in the last two years. And she's like, I can't imagine you bigger than you already are. <laughs> It's like, thanks, Nina. <laughs> that's that's friendship. Max a lot bigger in college. Yeah. Like, How do I? What do I do there? Yeah, she was like, is Max was Max a lot bigger in college? And I do not remember what you said. I think I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. He said no, and then just immediately starts nodding super fast. <laughs> I never truly recovered from that. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> Nita, wherever you are, I know you're listening, and I'm still upset. <laughs> but she wow. went out with you to get a brand new wardrobe. She did. Yeah, she, she and I, she and I went to Kohl's to Kohl's to buy me some clothes to wear on a date. How did the date turn no, out? It didn't work, Nita. <laughs> That's not true. It like worked really well. I think. It worked. It was just a lead time. A year later, it worked. Oh. <laughs> Slow, slow burn wardrobe. Gotta let it marinate. Marinate? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta. I am. Scott, tell me two truths and a lie. Um. I saw something so mean. It's like I like your shirt. I like your hair. I like your shoes. Well, that's actually pretty easy because I assume you like my hair because your wife cut it. Well, none of the, it's not 
Mm. None of them are true, or I haven't didn't give any thought. And to you it. definitely like really my shirt because my shirt is a Glee Club shirt. So you clearly don't like my shoes. I'm, I mean, honestly, you wear those shoes all the time. Freaking easy. <laughs> that That'd be really kind of a funny one. <laughs> Which one am I lying about? Uh, two truths and a lie. Sorry, Scott. Do you have a? I liked it. Do you have a least favorite foot? Hello. Hi, this is Social Security Administration Office. Hello. She didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> I was going to be like, you're live on the air on the Bloomingdale Church podcast. She hung up. Uh, hello? <laughs> I don't know what that noise what was. What a jerk. I'm so, I'm so mad. She robbed us of content. It's a scammer, Daniel. Is what it, it was a scam. It obviously was a scam, but they didn't do well. No, I said up. hi, and she's like, ah. Maybe she's training. <laughs> <laughs> she's got stage fright. <laughs> oh, Scott, your microphone is askew. Oh, so it is. Can't see it behind the pop filter. <laughs> this is going pretty well. What is? Uh, coming up with Christmas with your others. Oh, nice. Coming them up off the top of my head. Do you know that there are some there are some cultures that don't do like left and right? Like they don't say my left foot, my right foot. They just they always say the cardinal direction. So for example, right now I would say my north foot and my south foot. And they just always know which direction is like their whole lives, that's like they have to know. And if they get confused, it just friggin' shatters their ability to communicate. <laughs> Isn't like, that crazy? Like a leg's cut off, but they don't know which direction. <laughs> and like, I suppose that would they're be. They're on the phone with the 911 operator. Yeah, they're like, which leg is it? And it is like, imperative that they that they know which leg it is before they will come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they you don't even know which leg it is. It's obviously a prank call. 